0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Double Century on the ninety nine point nine four Podcast Network.
0: Over extra cover, and it'll fall safe. In fact, I think it's gone all the way for six. Hong Kong have won. Yay! Oh yes, what a performance! And that's what it means.
1: Hong Kong have been playing international cricket for well over 150 years. But this was their greatest moment, beating Bangladesh, a test-playing nation, in a T20 World Cup match in Bangladesh. Bangladesh were not the best side in the world, but in 2014, they were easily the best side in a group consisting of Afghanistan, Nepal and Hong Kong. And Hong Kong had already lost to Afghanistan and Nepal and were out of the tournament. But now they bowled Bangladesh out for 108. Bangladesh is the haven of left arm finger spinners. But a Hong Kong left arm finger spinner named Nadine Khan called the shots that day, taking 4 for 21. Nizakat Khan bowled his part time leg spinners and took 3 for 19. With only 109 to win, Irfan Ahmed, a mighty slogger, scores 34, but Hong Kong is soon to be 50 for 5. But Nizakat is still there a man joins him called Munir Dar. He's 40 years old, and this will be his last international match. He's a bowler, and he has taken 4 for 17 against the USA, and also 4 for 17 against Canada. Six years earlier in the Asia Cup, he gave away 34 runs in 8 overs against Pakistan, and 55 in 10 when India scored 374. He was known as a decent bowler, but he's now been banned from delivering because of his action. So he's playing as a specialist batter who comes in at number seven. He starts in ones and twos, while Nizakat, the specialist bat, is happy to take a back seat. 59 in 65 to win, but Bangladesh is closing the gap, and now it is 36 in 36. Munir Dar steers Rubal Hassan but doesn't run because he thinks it's a boundary, and so he walks. The fielder stops the ball, and Dar has to sprint. He's not young anymore but he does sprint, and he crashes into Mushfakir Rahim on the way. The medical staff arrives. Manudar gets up, he eats a banana, and he's ready to go. He steers the ball again. This time it's an easy single, but he dashes anyway, which is quite funny because no one is actually trying to run him out. Nizakat Khan is quite a batter, and at one stage he made 100 in a warm-up game against a big bash team. He's got incredibly fast hands, and he loves to hit the ball. Sadly, he goes. Hong Kong now need 26 runs in 24 balls with four wickets remaining. Mani Adar goes after Fahad Reza. He pulls and it's a top edge, but it goes for four. The next ball is a six, straight over the bowler's head. He swings again, another edge, another four.
0: Fahad Reza, the bouncer, top-edged, one bounce for four. Down the ground. Oh, what a lovely contact from Mani Adar.
1: The crowd goes very quiet, but then suddenly they're cheering again because Abdul Razak traps Mani Adar LBW. The 40-year-old bowler who is now a specialist number 7 batter has scored 36 and 27 balls to put Hong Kong on course. Tanwi Afsal goes too, but Hazib Amjad is there. Nadeem gets a run, Abjad gets two, then two more, then he hits a six, and the game is over. Hong Kong aren't going to do anything further in this tournament, but they are leaving with their heads very high. The next year, they defeat the UAE twice outside of their home. Over the next couple of years, they also win against Scotland and Papua New Guinea twice. In the 2018 World Cup qualifier, they beat the full member, Afghanistan. And in that year, they are playing in the Asia Cup again. Sadly, they lose badly to Pakistan. Then they go up against India, who reached 237 for 2 in 40 overs. It seems like they're going to make well over 330. But Kinchit Shah takes 3 for 39, and India end up with 285 for 7. No one backs Hong Kong to get there, except the players themselves. Anshuman Rath and Nizakat Khan take 3 overs to get going. By 12 overs into the innings, they're 77 without loss. Nizakat's fast hands get into a 50 from 45 balls. Kuldeep Yadav and Yuzvendra Chahal bolt in tandem. Bigger sides have been crumbling against them in this period. Hong Kong don't, although they do slow down. When the spinners are off, Nizakat and Rath attack again. In 96 balls, Hong Kong need 111 runs with all 10 wickets in hand. It should be a fairly easy chase, but both openers fail and Hong Kong collapse and they lose by 26 runs. So they don't quite pull off that magical upset that would stand the test of time. But Hong Kong is a nation with barely any turf wickets. Barely any synthetic wickets as well. And in 2018, they pushed the Indian cricket team. That's a hell of a story. This series of double century is about missed chances, the teams that got away. For the longest time, the narrative of cricket was that only the sides who ended up with test status actually loved the game. There have been others that have shown that same passion, but who, for many varied reasons, did not move into test cricket. In this episode, it's Hong Kong, one half of a cricketing rivalry older than the Ashes. This is about recovering from a shipwreck that claimed most of its cricketers, a novel cricket format, a batter whose 6 hittings stopped a match, and using social media to recruit their players. first opium war between Britain and the Qing dynasty ended with the Treaty of Nanking in 1842. As part of that, China ceded Hong Kong to Britain. Cricket had already been played in Hong Kong in the year before that, but now it became popular. The Hong Kong Cricket Club is one of the oldest clubs in the world outside of England, and it was founded in 1851 to promote cricket, tennis, croquet, and other athletic sports and pastimes you go to Hong Kong, you can visit it today. It's a very old colonial-style club. In 1858, the HMS High Flyer halted in Hong Kong on its way to Shanghai. The crew played a match against the Hong Kong 11. In that same year, Canton Garrison and the Royal Artillery played a game against the 59th Regiment in mainland China. By now, cricket was serious in both Hong Kong and Shanghai, but neither city knew how good the other one was. They put that to the test in 1866 when Shanghai toured Hong Kong. The teams were far from evenly matched. This was a half-strength Shanghai side, tired after a long voyage. DH Mackenzie took 12 wickets for Hong Kong. And they won this mismatch by an innings and 264 runs. For perspective, overarm bowling had only been legalised three years earlier. India were just starting to pick up cricket. The Indigenous Australians had still not toured England. And E.M. Grace was the best-known cricketer in his family at this time. Hong Kong played Shanghai again the next year. By the end of the century, other teams like the Federated Malay States, Straits Settlements and Singapore joined in. These contests came to be known as the Interport matches, and they still take place. They're difficult to classify, but there have been nearly a hundred of them to date. And in 2020, just before the pandemic, Hong Kong toured Malaysia for the most recent edition. But let's go back to 1892 when Hong Kong played a match in Shanghai. Dr. James Lawson took 8-for-66 in the first innings, and Sergeant George Mumford 6-for-68 in the second. But Hong Kong lost by 157 runs. The Hong Kong squad then boarded the SS Bokhara to return home, and on the 10th of October in 1892, the Bokhara was sunk by a typhoon in Formosa, which is now Taiwan. About 150 sank with the ship. 13 members of the Hong Kong squad, and only Dr. Lawson and Lieutenant Francis Markham survived. It was 66 years before the Munich air disaster. Dr. Lawson had a lung removed, but he continued to play for a few years. Of the other eminent Hong Kong cricketers, only Horatio Dumbleton and Ernest Coxon did not make the trip. The cricket team took a long time to regroup after that, but the game never stopped there. By 1903, there were four major clubs, the Craig and Gower, Parsi Cricket Club, Civil Cricket Club, and the Police Recreation Club. The Kowloon Cricket Club was set up in 1906. They will come up again later. The First Division League began in Hong Kong in 1903-04, the Second Division in 1921-22. Cricket continued after the wars, and in 1952, Jack Chegwin, the Australian cricketer, took the first ever team to Hong Kong. The first high-profile team to come over was England in 1965-66. They were returning from an Ashes tour. Mike Smith, Colin Cowdrey, Jeff Boycott, John Murray, Jeff Jones, Ken Higgs, and Barry Knight. It was a very strong English team. The touring side scored 266 for 6, and they then had Hong Kong at 43 for 5. But Peter Hall got 41, and their captain, DG Coffee made 88. Hong Kong eventually lost by 73 runs. Three years later, Hong Kong became an ICC associate member. They played their first ICC trophy in 1982. But perhaps their greatest contribution to cricket came in 1992, when they launched the Hong Kong Super Sixes, a most unusual cricket tournament. These matches were played in Kowloon, a club that today claims to be worth more than lords due to the real estate it is on. Long before T10, or even T20, the Hong Kong Sixers had five over matches. The teams consisted of six players, not 11. Every bowler had a limit of one over, and a batter had to retire after scoring 31. There were a lot of interesting rules in this tournament. But most importantly, this was an international tournament well before that was ever a thing. There had been other private leagues and tournaments, but it's very doubtful that any of them involved up to nine countries. To top it all, this pocket-sized version of international cricket was also sanctioned by the ICC, unlike Kerry Packer's World Series or the Rebel Tours of South Africa. This was legal cricket. Players could play in them, and a lot of big-name players would go over there. A lot of them saw it as a fun weekend, but it was a tournament that was often shown around the cricket world as well. And this was long before the IPL or the other franchise-based tournaments. The Hong Kong Super Sixers thusly had stars from around the world. And not as a one off either, but year after year. Six aside and eight aside cricket had been played before, but in small scale tournaments, nothing as big as this, and certainly not between two nations. This tournament also gave the Hong Kong cricketers a chance to play against overseas stars. In 1994 and 97, they reached the second round of the ICC trophy. In 2014, they finished third. In the early 20th century, they produced their first superstar of the modern era, Hussein Butt. He played in the 2008 Asia Cup, but before that there was a monster innings in a university match. He made 311 not out, hitting 36 sixes. 12 balls were lost. Players in an adjacent tennis court were forced to take cover. The match went on until two of Butt's sixes hit passing cars and the police officers had to postpone for public safety. Butt then got 102 not out and 42 balls against Myanmar. In an Asian Cricket Council match, he got 218 not out in 191 balls against the UAE in Sharjah. He hit 10 sixes there. Talking about Hong Kong cricket, when they play on some of their grounds, they're so small they do lose a lot of balls. But also, when they are hit into local apartment blocks, they are not actually handed back. Former Hong Kong CEO Tim Cutler would be seen at the end of the game, counting all the money from all the balls they had lost, from balls that had been hit into places that they couldn't retrieve them. Today, Hong Kong are trying to return to the T20 World Cup. With two spots up for grabs in 2024, they certainly have some kind of a chance. However, they have lost Mark Chapman, who has gone on to play for New Zealand and is currently with them in the World Cup squad, or Anshuman Rath, who is keen to play for India after originally struggling to get a visa to allow him to play in the UK. But there is also a near-invisible war when it comes to Hong Kong cricket. Between the cricketers who represent Hong Kong and the members who pay a lot to have access to the cricket grounds and training facilities. When Hong Kong did start to rise up as a nation, they needed more access to grounds and nets to develop them, which brought about a strain on the resources that not all the members of the Hong Kong or Kowloon cricket clubs liked. Those two clubs own two of the three main turf pitches in the country. And think about that. Nowhere else on earth has cricket been so successful despite the limited resources in terms of just grounds. And before I finish, here's one of my favorite stories about a Hong Kong player called Kyle Christie. In the mid-2010s, Hong Kong had a plan to increase their talent pool. There were many Hong Kong-born players who were actually living outside the country. For instance, Dermot Reeve was born in Hong Kong, but he would play for England 32 times, but never for the country of his birth. Hong Kong wanted to reach out to players like Reeve. On July 25th, 2016, they put up an ad on their Facebook page. They invited all interested cricketers who had met the criteria. Christie was only three years old when his parents had left Hong Kong. He had been living in Perth. He did play cricket, but he was more of a club cricketer. But he saw this ad and he responded. Hong Kong cricket invited him for a trial. Later that year, Christie made his international debut in an ODI against Papua New Guinea. He also played a lot of T20 internationals. That's the sort of thing you have to do when you're in Hong Kong, to find players, to develop them, to keep them around. The best players will go off to the bigger teams anyway, as quite often the best Hong Kong players actually have the ability to play professionally outside. But Hong Kong have still built themselves into a team that can beat a test nation at a World Cup from what is essentially two strong club teams and innovation. It's hard to find a ground to play on in Hong Kong. And yet, look what they have done. They are a club team in Excelsius
0: and it'll fall safe. In fact, I think it's gone all the way for six. Hong Kong have won. Oh, yes. What a performance. And that's what it means. They were disappointing in the first two matches of this tournament, Hong Kong. We didn't see the real Hong Kong. We've seen it tonight against the hosts.
1: Double Century is a podcast on the 99.94 network. You can download our app via the show notes or look for us on social media to see all the podcasts and audio we produce. If you prefer your podcast ad-free, you can support us on Patreon to get that version. You can find the link in the show notes. Double Century on 99.94 is a podcast narrated, produced, and co-written by me, Jared Kimber. Abhishek Mukherjee is the main writer, and Nick McCorriston edits, mixes, and co-produces the show. Double Century is my podcast about the history of the game. But I have another podcast called Red Inca, which is on the current game. Come over and hear us talking about when Faf Du Flessis is topless or why T20 cricket is broken. Red Inca can be found where you listen to your podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.